Amen. Amen. Good evening, Lake Church. Hallelujah. All right, are we, are we getting tired of talking about demons? And are we all right? Are we okay? All right, okay. Because I'll tell you what, the enemy has really uh, kind of been uh, kind of sowing some seed trying to uh, get me to back off and uh, saying uh, we need to quit this. You know, this isn't, uh, but uh, I'm not going to. Amen. We're going to continue to do it. Hallelujah, because we are on a mission. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Jude. Okay, we've been on Spirit Aware, and the next two sessions I'm going to try to wrap this up, and we're going to get into some good stuff. Um, but uh, basically what we're endeavoring to do is to equip you with a spiritual sight through the Word of God and uh, concerning the various uh, aspects of the kingdom of darkness that are at odds with you uh, and at odds against you. So we're looking at this. So we're going to be looking at Jude. Now, we have been dealing with, uh, last week, it was so, so, you were all filled with great joy as I went through Leviathan and went through pride and everybody was, yes, pastor, keep that coming. We love, no, that wasn't the response. It was, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to come back or not. Amen. So, but that's all right, because when we deal with pride, when we deal with pride, it's very personal, very personal. And uh, so we're, we're going to get into other aspects of <clears throat> the kingdom of darkness. I shared with you at the beginning of this series that the Word of God paints a picture of the unseen realm by its use of physical things, physical animals, uh, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. It shows you that demons are like flies in the sense that they, are, they eat decayed dead things and they're a nuisance and they're a pest and they keep coming and they keep coming. And then we see locusts and locusts, they come in, they eat a crop, they don't put anything back in the soil, they leave it. They're the only insect that does not contribute to the circle, so-called circle of life. So that's what demons don't. They don't contribute. They only steal. They only kill. They only destroy. And so we saw Leviathan, which is, you know, some say a real sea creature. Well, guess what? We only know about 10% of what uh, is in the sea anyway. I mean, we don't have any idea. In fact, the sea is more is less explored than space is. We know more about space than we do what's in the depths of the sea. So, you know, Leviathan could be down in there. We don't know. We don't have any idea. But the Bible talks about a physical Leviathan, but it also talks about a spiritual Leviathan, which we endeavored to delve into uh, as we studied last week. So now we're going to get into what is Bible personalities that certain spirits are named after biblical personalities, uh, people in the scripture that are used as examples of what this spirit is. 
It doesn't mean it's their spirit. It just simply means that they were a vessel that was used by this spirit and begins to show the characteristics of what this spirit does. So let's look at the scripture um, in the 11th verse of Jude. It says, Woe to them. He's talking about false teachers. He says, Woe to them, for they walk in the way of Cain, okay, and abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. Now, all three of these personalities have stories in the Old Testament. We know the story of Cain, we know the story of uh, Balaam, and we know the story of Korah. Okay, each of them symbolize a certain attitude or characteristic that is um, inducive of being in rebellion against God. You know, Cain was a rebel against God. He slew his own brother over an offering because he wanted his way. He wanted to come to God his way. And that spirit is very much alive in our world today and in our churches today. People want to come to God on their own merit. They want to bring, you know, their offering to the Lord when they just simply need to be like Abel and just bring the prescribed offering and rest in the goodness and grace of God. Amen? And then we have, you know, Balaam, and we know what Balaam was. Balaam was a prophet for hire. He was a compromised individual. He heard from God. He even spoke with God. But yet he used his gifts for gain. He used them to manipulate kings and to bring wealth to himself. And he also taught Balaam's doctrine. And Balaam's doctrine was the Achilles heel of the uh, Israelite nation is that then they, when they mix with the pagans, they lose their devotion to God and they get out from God's covering where the enemy can attack them. And that's really what demons do. Demons lure the Christian and entice the Christian to act irrespective of their nature, therefore getting them out from under the protective covering of the Lord. Amen? So it's very, very important. If you look at the book of uh, Psalms, David says this over and over again. And he talks about the judgment of the Lord. And in the, in, in when the judgment comes, he will use a phrase that's very important for us to understand. You have removed our protection. You have removed our protection. Well, listen, when I choose to be disobedient to God, I'm out of the protection of the Lord. Not because God's up there saying, I'll show you for messing around with me. No, he's already shown me what I need to do. I need to choose to walk in it. So we can't blame him when we make a dumb decision and get out of the will of God and the enemy attacks us and then we blame God. That's stupid. That's stupidity on ice. Amen? We need to realize we got out from under the covering, but the covering still remains and it'll always be there. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Amen? Do you believe that? Okay. And then we see Korah. Now, what was Korah? Korah was a, 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 a Kohathite. He was a part of the priesthood, but he was in the ministry of helps. 
but he wanted to be the high priest. He wanted to be Aaron, okay? So he said, you know what? God doesn't just talk to Aaron. He doesn't just talk to Moses. He talks to me as well. And he began to look for position and power. How many have ever seen that spirit in a church? Or that spirit in a, work, in a, in a business or in a place of, uh, you know, commerce? You see it all the time. There's, a, there's people that fight for position. They want power and authority. But yet, you've got to have a call of God on your life to be able to do that. But people continue to try to usurp authority, cut the legs off of their leaders, hello, gossip about them, character assassinate them so that they can look good and ascend the ladder, okay? And I just described majority of the world right there, trying to get ahead. So we see that these personalities reveal spirits. They reveal spiritual aspects. Well, the one we're going to talk about tonight is the daughter of Jezebel. How many know that Jezebel had a daughter? Did anybody know that? Jezebel had a daughter, and her name was Athaliah. Athaliah, okay? Athaliah was um, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, all right? So she was raised in that northern kingdom of Israel in that whole occult uh, monarchy that was in the northern kingdom. Now, Jehoshaphat, who was a good king, who was in the southern kingdom of Judah, went into covenant with Ahab. It was one of the greatest mistakes he ever made in his life. Jehoshaphat was a good king, but he made a very bad error by getting in covenant with the wrong people. Now, you've got to understand that when you get in covenant with the wrong people, your destiny is greatly impeded and hindered. Did you know that? You know, that's the reason why we shouldn't be yoked up with unbelievers. Hello. And I'm going to say it this way. You shouldn't be unhooked up with believing unbelievers either. You need to be hooked up. Come on now. Uh, you're not going to change a Baptist. Come on. If, you're, if, you're, if you believe in the full gospel, you know, you don't need to be hooking up with someone who believes in a quarter gospel and a half gospel or a three-quarters gospel. You need to walk and be agreed. Amen? And there's people who say, well, he goes to the Baptist church or he goes to this church. Um, and, uh, but, you know, he'll come around. Oh, well, no, no, you'll come around. Amen. You'll come around. And uh, people hooking up with unbelievers, you know. Well, I can save him, you know. I can get it. Well, that doesn't work. That doesn't work that way. You might lose your life and the joy of your salvation trying to pursue him. See, God doesn't want you messing around with that. That's not your mission field to marry every unbeliever and try to convert them until you divorce them and find another one. That's not your mission field. That's not what God wants. God wants you to find somebody that is like-minded. Doesn't mean they're the same as you, just like-minded, you know. Hey, we both believe in the full gospel. We believe in faith. We believe in prayer. We believe in authority. We believe in healing. Amen? 
Because I see so many, so many people come to church and they're crying because their husband or their wife won't come to church with them because they were raised in another church and they didn't believe church was like that. None of you ever had that problem, but uh, you, you know, may, maybe you know somebody that had that problem, okay? Listen, wait on the Lord. Amen? Okay? So Jehoshaphat made a very grave mistake. In order to go into covenant with Ahab, he let his firstborn son marry Athaliah. Okay? So that means exactly what the devil does in our life. He's not content with controlling one aspect of our life. He wants to get in every aspect of our life. So he's already prominent in the northern kingdom. So now he doesn't just have his eyes set on the northern kingdom. He wants the southern kingdom as well. So he plants Athalia. Did you know that demons will actually influence people to plant in your life? To be seated in your life to affect your walk with God. Hello? I think it was Luis Torres, he said this years ago. He said, uh, when the devil wants to get to you, he puts a stupid person in your life. And that is certainly true. How many can say amen to that? Well, people will come in and they'll begin to get involved in your life. And at first, it will seem like everything's just really good. Everything's clicking. Everything's just fine. And then all of a sudden, just little changes begin to happen. How many ever had a teenage daughter or a teenage son start hanging out with the wrong people? Well, all of a sudden, their countenance changes. Their language changes. Their interests change. And their, um, the way they project to you changes. Okay? That's what the devil wants. And so the devil wanted Judah. He wanted Jerusalem. He wanted to overtake that. And he knew how to do it. Through a woman. You want to get something done in the world? Get a woman to do it. Come on now. That's good and bad. That's good and bad. But it's the truth. All right? So what I'm about to share with you is going to be offensive if you are a feminist in this house. It's just the truth, okay? Now, is the spirit of Athalia just totally about women? No. The spirit of Athalia can be in men, just like the spirit of Jezebel has no gender, okay? In fact, the name Jezebel is a genderless name, okay? So that shows you that both men and women can be in the spirit of Jezebel, which is the spirit of witchcraft, which is a spirit of control. We'll talk about it a little bit more. But Athalia is the offspring, okay? So what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, when we look at Jezebel, we see that Jezebel was content to manipulate the kings of Jesus or the kings of God's kingdom. She was content to manipulate them. Athalia kills them. Big difference. Where Jezebel wants to 
manipulate the king on the inside of you, Athalia wants to kill the king on the inside of you. Okay? All right? So we're going to look at the story. So let's turn to a place where probably some of your Bible pages still stick together, which would be 2 Chronicles chapter 21. 2 Chronicles chapter 21. And let's study this uh, character, Athalia. Now, we have to understand a backstory with Jezebel and Athalia because we need to understand that because Jezebel was raised in the family of Ithbal, which was the king of the Sidonians and the Phoenicians, he was an occultist, okay? He was an occultist. So when you're raised in an occult family, even today, the kids of occultists are often used in rituals. Now, I know that may be hard for you to believe, but that's certainly the case. Uh, if you study the entertainment industry, if you study it, if you really look at it, you will see that in the entertainment industry, whether it is in the uh, movie industry or the music industry, you know, you think that there's just this big old huge broad number of people that are putting out music and putting out movies, but nothing could be further from the case. It is a very tight-knit group. It is actually like a club or a cult, if you will, of various people that put out majority of the media in the world, okay? So you see a lot of actors who have sons and daughters that are also actors. How many have seen that, okay? And you see musicians that have sons and daughters that are doing music, okay? You need to understand that that isn't just because uh, I want to be like Papa or I want to be like Mama because most majority of their lives, they have dysfunctional relationships with their parents, okay? Study it out for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Study it out for yourself. What it is, is they are in a, a group <clears throat> that uh, is around occultism. And the children are actually involved, are used, are you, that's the sad part about it, are even used in occult, um, you know, rituals, okay? So Jezebel was used in occult rituals. What made Jezebel? Was it just the fact that she was raised in a different religion? No, she was wicked. Where did that wickedness come from? The wickedness came from abuse. The wickedness came from being manipulated by being in a system in which he was used as a means of ritual abuse. We could say that today that she was a victim of ritual abuse. Hurting people hurt people. What number one characteristic that opens us up to demonic demonization is trauma and pain. Okay? Now, I shared with you about, you know, MK Ultra, you know, and people look at you like a cow at a Newgate. But basically, MK Ultra was brought in from the Nazis, 
The Nazis actually were starting that in Hitler's Germany. And then when um, we won the war, so to speak, okay, uh, the Nazi scientists that did all that, they came over here, okay? So uh, Operation Paperclip is what they call it. Look it up for yourself. All of them came. Well, they brought all their technologies and experiments with them as well, which were transhumanism, which was the rocket technology and, and all of the different technologies that they were developing, even, you know, some of the top secret UFO spooky stuff they brought over, okay? All right? So uh, when they brought this stuff over, they began to form little societies or groups. And they, in majority of the technology that was being brought into the, into the United States and into the broader world, because as the United States goes, so goes the world. Do you understand that? That America was created to be the catalyst for any world change? It was created for that purpose, and now it's created to create the one world. Do you understand that? Okay. So we've got this, this, the, the groups of occultists that continued to practice occult practices, and they began to take the propaganda machine of the Nazis and began to put it in place in the United States of America. And they did that. I tell you, the Nazis, they had comic books. They had movies. They had, you know, various uh, uh, radio was exceptionally big in that day and print media. And they used all of it for propaganda. Well, they were able to see this fully realized in the United States of America, okay? So they began to bring this occultism. The thing that is uh, different about America that you need to understand than any other nation of the world, because it's a so-called democratic society, which were really a democratic republic, it's very different than just a flat democracy, is that these gods and religions can come in and they can begin to spider out and begin to camouflage themselves in all kinds of different things. So you're not even aware that they're even active in your life. Am I making sense? Okay? So all of these gods and so-called, you know, false gods and things of that nature, they begin to get in your cornflakes and they begin to get in your comic books and they begin to get in your movies, uh, movies and in your entertainment to where you're interacting with them all the time and you're being indoctrinated to the various personalities there all the time. And even our kids will emulate them as they watch them and want to be them and want to dress like them and want to act like them. How many have ever, you know, I remember I took my boys to go see Spider-Man and uh, I think it was 2002. It was right after the World Trade Center, 2002. My kids were, goodness gracious, they were probably six, six or seven, okay, the twins. And Josiah, he said, I need a spider to bite me. You want to know why? Because he wanted to be what? Spider-Man. He thought that if he'd get bit by a spider, that he would have the same powers that Peter Parker had in Spider-Man. And this is the impression that is happening in our... You see, Athalia was raised in an occult system. Jezebel was raised in an occult system. 
and that occult system permeated every fiber and cell of her being. And MK Ultra was basically the science of breaking a person mentally to where they could be controlled. And it's something that demons have been doing for millennia. But yet they gave the secrets to the Nazis that brought it over. You, you, you see the pattern? Okay. There's some people that say that Nazi, Nazis are still in existence. They're just not named Nazis. Okay. Why? Because spirits don't die. So the same spirit that motivated that culture is seeking to implement and manifest in our culture. And so when we see Athalia, uh, we see someone that is indoctrinated in all of the uh, horrible atrocities of Molech, of Baal, of Asherah. These are, we don't understand these. I, I really think that Christians don't understand these the way they should. You see, Molech was uh, a god that wanted your children, wanted your firstborn children. And uh, they would, it was a, a statue, you know, of, of this horrible looking god with his hands out. And uh, they would heat this god up to where he was, he was just glowing. You know, you ever seen an old wood stove when you ginned it up real good? I mean, it's glowing and it's, it's reverberating because of the energy that's in it and you can hear it. And they would take drums and they would do drum patterns, you know, to drown out the screams of the children as people would offer their child. The child was set in the scalding, burning hot grip of this idol and screamed itself to death as the drums beat and people senselessly worshiped Molech. Now, people, you know, like you and I, sensible people would never ascribe to that because we're an intellectual society. But yet, we can set up Molech in neighborhoods and urban centers and ghettos. They're called Planned Parenthoods. Do you see how the devil switches that stuff? The devil loves the shedding of innocent blood. It is a way that he keeps the, the, the iniquity cycle moving forward, okay? So instead of having a Molech statue, he has sinners that promote family, but really destroy family. How many remember 1984? Anybody read 1984? Okay. Uh, you, you talk about the ministry of love. Okay. There were certain ministries. The ministry of love was the one that promoted war. It actually promoted the opposite of its name. Well, that's how the devil works. He paints love is love. But really, that's not the case at all. It's got a package that looks like love, but you get into the substance of it, it's absolute atrocity and hatred. Self-hatred as well. Okay? You look at Asherah, okay? An Asherah pole. They would erect these in their backyards. 
It was almost like a, a gazebo in Israel at times. They would erect these poles. Now, the Asherah pole is closely tied to the stripper pole. Okay? You erect a pole, and you do your little seductive dance, and then something happens under and around the pole, if you get my drift, all right? Now, we don't have any young people in here, so I can be explicit, okay? So, basically, an Asherah pole was erected for them to have ritualistic sex magic to please the deity of Asherah, okay? And this is going on. This was going on uh, when Paul talks about orgies and things of that nature. He's talking about Asherah poles. All right. Uh, remember, God says, I want the groves cut down because they would use trees as a means of celebrating this God or these, uh, these fertility gods. And they would have, uh, you know, relationships underneath these trees. And it was an abomination to God. See, we don't understand that. We don't understand. So when we look at sex trafficking, when we look at uh, prostitution, when we look at pornography, we've got our own Asherah poles. You've got your own Asherah pole in your house if you've got a computer. Okay, I, people don't like that. Now, I'm not saying you're using it. I'm not saying it, but, but it's there. The, the opportunity to um, communicate with demon spirits is right there just a click away. Is it not? Yes. Okay. So then you see Baal, which was just another name for Lord. Okay. And he is known as the storm god. He's known as, you know, there's various different kinds of Baals. Um, there was Baals over regions. There was Baals over certain attributes like um, fertility, um, storms, things of that nature. It almost sounds like the the Greek pantheon okay so we understand that the Greek pantheon came from you see the Canaanite pantheon or the um, Mesopotamian pantheon it just simply moved west and now it's in the United States of America you understand that okay so we don't understand that culture, but yet we are as much pagans because that's really what America has become, a pagan nation. We're not a secular nation. We're a pagan nation. Okay? All right? So when we talk about these girls, I'm not trying to get sympathy for them, but I want you to understand that their background was that of sexual ritual abuse because they use their children as means of invoking the God's blessings. And so she would have to do things that most children would never even imagine that, they, that she would have to do. And so she was compromised. I'll tell you, one, I'll tell you a good version of... Um, of a, a Jezebel or an Athalia spirit would be Marilyn Monroe. Would be Marilyn Monroe. That's that same spirit. 
Okay, that's that same spirit. So, you know, she had to do atrocious things to get the influence and iconic status that she has. She had to do horrible things. She never had happiness. She never was satisfied with life, ever. But yet she wielded a control over a nation and even over the world in many, many respects and is still considered an iconic figure that, that is used for young ladies to find their femininity or sexuality in, okay? And she was definitely played both sides of the fences. She, she you know, I mean, these are, we're not thinking. That's the problem. We're not thinking as believers. We're not strategic. We're not thinking about these things. We, 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 we deal with them and say, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, think on that. But yet our kids, we need to instruct our kids. We need to instruct our grandkids. Amen. What's the etymology of this? What's the beginning of it? Why is this this way? Why is it attractive? Because our kids are being fooled, as I said on Sunday, that everything that is beautiful is virtuous. And that is not true. Nothing could be further from the truth. And so we have this you know, Phoenician kind of uh, background for, you know, Jezebel. And Athalia was raised, of course, as a, you know, as a princess. And now she has been given over through covenant marriage over to um, Jehoshaphat's firstborn son. All right? A strategic plant to bring about idolatry in Judah. Now, Judah only had a few good kings. Israel didn't have one good king, not one, all right, out of the whole time. Nineteen of them, there wasn't one of them good, all right? But Judah had a few good, not many, but had a few good, all right? So God, uh, the, the enemy wanted to infiltrate and he brought in um, Athaliah. Now notice this. Notice how it words this in the 21st verse. Are we okay out there? Okay. It says, Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his place. This is a firstborn son. He had brothers, the sons of uh, Jehoshaphat, which were Azariah, uh, Jehel, Zechariah, Azariah, Michael, and uh, Shiftiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Their father gave them great gifts of silver, gold, and valuable possessions together with fortified cities in Judah. But he gave the kingdom to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. When Jehoram had ascended the throne of his father and was established, he killed all of his brothers with the sword and also some of the princes of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king and he reigned only eight years in Jerusalem. But notice this next statement. It says, and he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Now, this is Judah. 
He says, he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. Israel was idolatrous. They worshiped the Baals. They worshiped Asherah. And it says, as the house of Ahab had done. So we can see that the transfer of Ahab's ideology and Ahab's religion was now transferred through Jehoram. But notice it says this, very curious. For the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, I, I believe that there's a correlation here between him slaying his brothers and having Ahab's daughter for a wife. I believe the text infers that that is the case. That I don't believe that Jehoram would have slain his brothers had he not had Athaliah in his life. And there are things that you would never do if you didn't have that certain person in your life. Amen? There are things that you would never conceive, never think of, unless someone has been influencing you to think about someone in a negative way, to see some way, someone, and to character assassinate them, to spoil the relationship by bringing up lies and slander, maybe even things that are true, but using them as a means to try to change or shift or turn the relationship in a negative way to get you to see life in a certain way and manipulate you. You see, there are demons out there that will use people in your life to influence your decision-making, influence how you perceive things, to give you a set of glasses in, the, in, in a certain scenario that blinds you to the truth and causes you to believe lies. And that is the spirit of Athelia. The spirit of Athelia. Okay? All right? Now, <clears throat> Jehoram was not a popular king. Look uh, down to uh, verse number 30. No, let, verse number 20. It says, he was 32 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he departed with no one's regret. How would, li how would you like to leave this world like that? No one's regret. No one said, oh, well, you know, I'm so sorry that he's gone. They were glad. They were absolutely glad. Notice what happened to him. We looked at the first verse where Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried in the, 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 you know, uh, the valley of the king. He was buried into, uh, with his fathers in the city of David. But notice what happened. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. See, you're called to rule and reign in this life. Did you know that? As a king in this life. Don't tell me that if Jehoram had an Athalia, that the Satan doesn't have an Athalia with your number on it and with your name on it. Absolutely he does. Understand this, that there are people that will contribute to your life and help aid you to get to the place where you're ruling and reigning 
And there are people that will cut the legs out from under you, undermine you, and enslave you. And you've got to be discerning as to what relationship is which, okay? Because there's a, they can look the same. They can look absolutely the same. It's just like two apples that can be ripe side by side. One is ate out from the core, but it doesn't show any evidence of that on the outside. And one is a good apple that's solid from core to, you know, to skin. But you can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. The only way I could tell the difference is by being led by the Spirit of God. Because, look, it can, the opportunity can look the same. The situation can look the same. You have two individuals. Both of them seem like they want to elevate and help your relationship, and you can help one another. And some of them have a rotten core to it with an agenda that is meant only for their advantage and not for yours. And then you have someone that is totally on board with helping you rise to where you need to be and you helping them as well. But you can't discern that unless you're led by the Spirit of God. There are people that have went in business with people, that have married people that they shouldn't have married. Hello, there's a lot of that. A lot more than we would care to even talk about. You could say amen or oh me, because it's the truth. Hello. I've seen people get out of the will of God by a relationship. It's amazing. Every person that comes back from a backslidden condition and testifies always starts off with this. I met these people. Or I met this person. Or I started hanging out. It always starts with some stupid person that gets in your life and gets under your skin and starts thinking for you and talking for you, it's Athalia. He wants to get an Athalia in your life. Notice she's not even mentioned until it says, oh, by the way. Why would God put that there? Because he's showing you the root. He's showing you the root. Not just the fruit. He's showing you the root. He said, oh, by the way, she was married to Ahab's daughter. Wolf, goodness gracious. It says he walked in all the ways of Ahab and all the ways of the king. Well, how could that be? He was Jehoshaphat's son. Jehoshaphat was a good king. He followed the Lord. How did that happen? An Athalia spirit. Hello. It happens to PKs, preacher's kids. You know, you, you can be the, the best pastor in the world, the best, you know, and, and an Athalia will come after your kids. I've had it happen to me. They'll come after your kids to where they have no desire for the things of God, no desire to pursue the Lord, and they walk in the ways that you didn't teach them, you didn't example, but they get old enough to where they make their own decisions. And some of them are at the expense of their own personal convictions and personal morals that they were raised in. 
But because Athalia is so enticing, because that's the thing about Athalia, is she's attractive. Jezebel was attractive. You always need to be suspicious of attractive people. <laughs> that would mean you'd be suspicious of me, but uh, just kidding. But you need to be, I'm not saying, you know, to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, to ostracize people for being good looking because you, you, you would stop coming here. But, uh, but what I'm saying is, is you need to be mindful when someone overly emphasizes the physical. Okay? I was sharing this in our class last night that uh, <clears throat> the abomination of desolation, um, Antiochus Epiphanes, which was, you know, the ruler over uh, Israel at the time, he wanted to stamp out uh, Orthodox Judaism. He wanted to totally stamp it out. He wanted to Hellenize, which means bring Greek culture into uh, Israel and cause it to be cause Judaism and the Torah to be replaced with uh, uh, Hellenistic, you know, uh, philosophy and things of that nature. And one of the ways in which he did it is he put gymnatoriums right by synagogues. Okay. Now, those of you that don't know what a gymnatorium is, it's a gym. <laughs> he put a Planet Fitness right by the synagogues. And also, not far from synagogues, he would put a place that brought plays and culture and, um, and poems and, and prose and, you know, where they would you know, perform works of art and things of that nature. So here you have the synagogue, which was the central place of Torah teaching, sandwiched in between something that was solely for the body, okay? Although there is a correlation between taking care of your body and operating spiritually. It's, there, there's a synergy. I'm not negating that. But some people, they just go over. And especially, now, guys, listen, and gals. They didn't do gym like you and I did gym. You know, you get this old baggy gym shorts and the Chuck Taylors, and you go out there and, you, you know. <laughs> they would strip naked. So here you would go in. To, say, for instance, that you went into Planet Fitness or God's Gym up here. And you you know you're in there and people are on the you know the military press just in full nudity. That would be quite a. That's a bad image, isn't it? Okay, so the women and the men both completely nude. Okay, so it was meant to incite physical passion and an emphasis on physical beauty, which was a Greek, you know, one of the Greek uh, foundations, uh, the perfect man, okay? So, so they wanted that. So 
here are Jewish young men who are trying to live for God, and then they've got this gym over here where they've got nudity and things of that nature, and who wouldn't, sorry, who wouldn't want to go over there as a young man? <laughs> Come on now. Hello, as a young man, you know, be enticed. That, would, that wouldn't be a hard membership to fill out. Come on now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then on the other side, you have the arts, which is a big lure, okay? Not that the arts are bad. Not that exercise is bad. There's nothing wrong with these two things. It's the imbalance of both. Okay? So he used that. Okay? So that's why I say you've got to be very, very peculiar when you begin to see someone who emphasizes too much. It doesn't mean don't look your best. That doesn't mean that way at all. It doesn't mean don't exercise. It doesn't mean not eat right. It, it just means this, that that when someone looks like they have a, 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 a facade, a lacquer, that is, come on, you know what I'm talking about. They've got a lacquer that is on them, a sheen that is on them, and it seems as if they are perfect. You need to say, okay, I might need to pray. I'm not saying, you know, ostracize them or room. I'm just saying you might need to pray about that. Because there are guys that drive around in expensive sport cars that wear the most expensive clothes and don't have $10 in their bank account. Okay? And, and there are people that, uh, you know, they appear smart, they appear intellectual, they have degrees and degrees and degrees, but yet when it comes to their personal life, they have absolutely no smarts whatsoever. They have no IQ for the streets. They don't know how to balance their checkbook. And see, you can be intrigued by what is on the outside. And Athalia and, and uh, uh, Jezebel is on the outside, they look absolutely wonderful. But on the inside, there is corruption. There is evil, and there is uh, certain, you know, motivations that are dark and sinister, okay? I mean, you just sense these people, they got something. Have you ever been with somebody, and, man, this, they've got something going on. You can almost hear the, the gears and the machinations of their mind going as you're sitting there chewing your salad. You can just tell that they're trying to find an angle. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? They're trying to find an angle. They're trying to find some kind of hook. They're trying to find some kind of advantage. You got to watch out. That's an Athalia spirit. Manipulates you. See, the goal is, is that Athalia is a king killer. Amen. Let me say that again. Athalia is a king killer. And we know who the kings on earth are. It's you and I, born-again yeah. believers. We're the kings on earth. 
Well, Athaliah is a king killer. Now, you go further in this story. Her son takes over because all the brothers are dead. The, you know, he killed all his brothers. He killed them because he was influenced by Athaliah. And it's exactly like Jezebel because Jezebel manipulated and wanted Ahab to be on the throne and she manipulated things to keep him on the throne. Well, Athaliah did the same thing her mother did. And she probably said things like this, you know they're going to kill you to get the throne. Did you know that those brothers, they're going to, he gets, gets you into envy and strife. Hello. Beware of people that get you into envy. Okay? He's gunning for your job. I saw him talking to the boss the other day. You know, he was talking about you and kind of... See, we need to resist that stuff. We trust the Lord. I don't need to run to the boss and make my case. I can beseech the Lord, and he'll take care of me. Amen? But we don't need that. We don't need that luring. Well, you know, she's been looking at him, you know, for a long time. You notice that glance, you know. She, she wants your husband. Beware of people like that. Beware of people like that. Well, you know, I know you like him, and I know you, he does. he preaches good messages, but you just don't know him like I do. Or I had a, a pastor like that, and, you know, he ended up sleeping on, you know, having an affair and, and, and sleeping with someone else instead of his wife. These are Athalia statements. Gossip and slander and character assassination. Oh, it got quiet. <laughs> <clears throat> and you think that that inter information, see the lure of that information is, is that it gives you inside information to position yourself. And that's what Athelia wants to do. She, he want, she wants to position you against somebody. Okay? So you've got to beware of people that use that kind of language. If people are tearing down other people, you need to run. I wouldn't have anything to do with them. And I'd let them know, too. You know, that's the problem with, with, with Christians is, is we don't let people know. We don't say, hey, what you're saying is wrong and of the devil. And I'm not going to hang around with a devil-speaking Christian. So if you want to hang out with me, then you're going to have to zip it. What if we did that? What if we just did that instead of saying, well, I don't hang out with them anymore. Why don't you hang out with them anymore? Just because. No, why don't you tell that person? I'm not going to have you talk about that person that way. I love that person. And, and, I'm not going to let you. Boy, we'd, put, we'd nip a lot of things in the bud. Amen. But we like inside information. 
We like secrets. And Athalia preys on secrets. Hello? Hush it down. Keep bring it down low. It's all right. They start talking and gabbing about people, tearing people down, never happy with any performance. Well, you know, I, I guess that was okay. Unimpressed. Well, when so-and-so did it, they did it better. Hello? Athalia. Are you sensing her in your, in your life? Have you seen her before? Yeah. Oh, she pops up. Yeah. She pops up. And she tries to lure you into believing lies about other people. What did she do to Jehoram? Your brothers are going to take the throne away from you. You need to do something about it right now. And I'm telling you, they can be quite persuasive, can't they? I'm telling you, you better do something about that right now. They're just going to take it. They're just going to take it from you, and, and you're, you're going to be dead. I'm going to be without a husband. I'm going to be ostracized. I'm, you. That's Athalia. Okay? So Athalia's son takes the throne, and she does the same stuff through her son. There's some young men that can't and don't Cut the umbilical cord. My goodness gracious, they can't live without mama. Mama living through them, making every decision for them, ruling and reigning over them. Okay? Well, he ends up getting killed. And so what does Athalia do? She kills her own grandchildren. So that there is no Davidic heir to the throne, or she thinks. Or she thinks there is. Of course, there was one that was hid. Amen. Praise God. God always has a remnant. But she goes and she takes, she doesn't have any affinity towards her own children and grandchildren. She has every seed eliminated. And not just, just like Jehoram, he didn't just take care of his brothers. He took care of anyone who would have access to becoming king. Any of the nobles. He just eliminated all of them. And he did it under the guise of an Athalia spirit that began to get him to be jealous, envious, insecure, and fearful. And those are attributes of this spirit. When you begin to get insecure about who you are and what you're called to do, when you begin to feel fearful that your position is going to be threatened, Athalia is right there. And she'll give you a short list of who's in line to knock you off the top. And she'll give you a strategy to eliminate 
because she's the king killer. Amen. Hello? Am I speaking to anybody here tonight? So because there's no heir, she becomes queen, the only queen in Israel and Judah's history is Athalia, a Phoenician pagan priestess is now queen of Judah. Okay? Now here's something about the Athalia spirit that you need to understand. They hide this child named Joash. And the, the, he's basically hid by the priests. And he's raised up in the house of God. And she doesn't even know he's alive because she believes she has killed all of her grandchildren. Okay? And she is reigning supreme. And Judah is becoming just like Israel. It's becoming paganized. And so Joash gets of age, which he's about six to eight years old. I can't remember the text will tell you. He's young. Get the age. And they're sick of Athaliah. So they're going to pronounce Joash, the true seed, and the part of the Davidic line as king. She comes in as they're coronating him, and she says, treason, treason. Okay? What you need to understand about the Athalia spirit is that the Athalia spirit will always accuse you of what they're doing. Amen. Now that's exactly what happened in this last election. That's exactly what's happening. Because everything they accused the previous administration of doing, they're doing it. And they're doing it better. Hello, that's an Athalia spirit. Treason, treason. Well, she was in treason. She had the heirs killed. Isn't it amazing that, you know, it's one of the uh, Saul Alinsky principles. Saul Alinsky is uh, basically, he, he, he taught the radical uh, philosophy that is in what we call the Democratic Party right now, the progressives, okay? So he, he, he wrote a couple of books, Rules for Radicals and Revelé for Radicals in the late 60s. These were taken in by Hillary Clinton. They were taken in by Barack Obama. They were taken in by basically the, the Woodstock generation. They assimilated these into their um, culture. And one of the rules is, is uh, that first one is create a problem and then offer a solution create a problem that's pretty smart stuff it's tactics of the devil in fact uh, rules for radicals is dedicated to Satan it's dedicated to Satan and he said create a problem which you can create a pandemic you can create all this stuff but offer have the solution ready and available so everybody thinks you're the the hero, okay? All right? And, and, and another one is always accuse someone of what you're doing. Put the focus where it 
on them and you can do stuff, sneaky stuff. Because I put the light on you, I can continue to be obscured. Okay? These are things that the Athalia spirit have. This is people that operate in that Athalia spirit. Okay? And so, you know, they'll, you know, they'll, they're good character assassins. They like to assassinate, especially when it comes to authority figures. Jezebel and Athalia love knocking the legs out of authority, especially spirit, spiritual authority. They don't want you to have a pastor. There's people in this church and in every church, I don't pastor them. I remember David said that. I remember David said, he told me one day, he, you know, we were having, I think, at, at one time, you know, four to 500 people. And, and he goes, I only pastor probably about 60% of them. And that's really the truth. Yeah. Uh, because most people come in and they're not submitted to anything. They're just attending church because it's their duty. So they're really not submitted to a pastor at all. Now, I'm not saying that you have to lay your life out and, and ask the pastor if you could do this or do that. I'm talking about the pastor has an influence in, in your life to instruct and to edify and to even correct. Well, majority of people don't even submit to the instruction part. Well, I like that if, as long as it's preached the way I like to hear it preached. And, you know, I've got tapes and CDs and I've, I've read these books and I know what's going on. And they got all these various, um, you know, closets filled with materials and they do nothing with it. And they want to tell you how you're supposed to... Hello. You know, when we had the, in the border crisis, remember we, the first caravan that came up, there was a man that was climbing over the fence with a picture, and he had, uh, I believe it was Chile or Honduras, he had a flag, okay? He had a flag, and he, was, he's, he had a Honduran flag, okay? And, and he's climbing a fence into a new nation, a new democratic nation. That is the picture of many in the church who come into the kingdom of God and come into a place and they want to plant their own flag in it. I'm not going to assimilate. I'm not going to learn the history. I'm not going to, you're not going to change me. I'm not going to become an American. I'm not going to become a part of this family. I'm going to be who I am, and you're going to change for me because my flag is going to fly in this seat. And that is a part of the Spirit. This is hard stuff, isn't it? This is hardcore. I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach on how to build a patio Sunday. So, every, you know... <laughs> I tell you what, man, I just, you know, I'm just saying, Lord, Lord, give me, you know, 
give me roses and meadows and and he he's not giving it to me all right so you know it, but we're working these things out of our life you got to recognize these things if you're going to be able to stand against them all right so you got to size up your network your network needs to be sized up it needs to be weighed you need to evaluate is this person contributing to my life or is this person taking my life away is it is are they a vampire are they sucking the life out of me or are they edifying and building me up because i'm telling you even though it may sound juicy and be titillating to talk about other people basically what's happening is your life is being siphoned as you're beginning to do it and i the most miserable christians are the complainers they're the absolute worst they're no fun to be around you don't you know when they come in and go I think I'm going to go over to this side of the auditorium. You know, you don't want to see them. You don't want to talk to them. And uh, always have a complaint. Always have something that they've, they've got to show you that's going on. Hello. There are people that complain about the church, but still come to it. Leave. Now. Leave now. You're doing us a favor. Go. Be gone. <laughs> Hello? Don't be, just sit there and complain about everything and then think that you're a part of the family. You're going to stand before the Lord for every word Amen. that you said. But that's an Athalia spirit. They gripe, well, why are you even here? I remember one time someone met me when I was at, at the other church. and They come in there and they complained about the church, complained about the church. And I just said, why are you even here wasting my time? You called for a counseling session. I had to get, I, I had to, you know, lose a night with my family to come down here and listen to your sorry tale tell me what you don't like about the church leave go vamoose hello and I, anybody in here that's like that I give you permission leave bye adios Amigos. That's French. Because you're not doing us any favors. You're not helping the body of Christ. You're not edifying. You're a cancerous cell. And that's that Athelia spirit. It's just a cancer. Eats on other self. Hello. Athalia will say, people are saying this. People are saying that. And it's usually just them. And their other personalities that they walk with. Hello. 
Athalia will use other people's offenses as fuel to bring uh, an argument to you. Well, you know, so-and-so said this. Or this was done to her. They're not affected by it. They're going to sleep just fine. But they like to use other people's gripes and complaints and mishaps and leverage them to control people. All right. I'm going up to the podium, so it's almost over, guys. <laughs> the number one thing that Athalia fights is unity. This spirit fights unity because the devil knows that if we're unified, we can't be stopped. Even God said that, the Tower of Babel. He said that there'll be nothing restricted to them. They're all of one mind and of one language. Well, if we did that. So you always have people in your life. Here's a good, here's a good litmus test. Are the people in my life promoting unity? Or division? You know, there's some people that actually get jealous when you hang out with somebody else. Hello. They actually get jealous. You, you get some, someone comes in, and I don't know if I like her. I don't know if I like him. I, I, what do you hang around him for? What, what, do you see in, what do you see in him? This is the spirit, man. This is the spirit. Which is trying to cause disunity. Hello. That might be a divine contact for you. That might be a divine connection for you to be with that person. And your other friend. Have you ever brought in a new friend and your other friends didn't like them? Hello. Sometimes there's good reason and we need to listen to our friends. But other times it's just because of jealousy and pettiness and envy and control. Well, you've changed since you've been hanging out with, you know, they get that neck going and you've changed. You've changed. What got into you? You've been hanging around with that. Hello. That's that same spirit, disunity. They blame others for what's in their heart. If there's hatred in their heart, they blame you. They're, you're hateful. If there's deception in their heart, you're lying, you're deceptive. See, they always blame you for what they're doing inside themselves. Treason, treason. Remember that. Remember that when a person says, treason, treason, and they're the one that's the treasoner. I don't know that that's a word, treasoner, but uh, I made it up right on the spot because <laughs> I'm smart like that. Okay? All right? So they have no fear of the Lord. Okay? And they love to slay the mighty leaders, the prophets, and the voice of the prophets. They're idol worshipers. They're given to jealousy. And um, they are into getting glory. They want glory. They want to be the person that is the fixer in your life. So they constantly want to try to be the hero in the situation. 
you know, so-and-so was talking and I just told them to stop, you know, and they're the ones that, that are talking. You find out from the other person, well, it was them that was saying that stuff. Hello? You have people that say, well, so-and-so's been talking. They have been saying, it's always they. Which is, I guess, just another word for one. I'm serious. We think, you know, our mind goes to 50, 7,500 people. They, you think of multiples. But no, not in manipulation. They means one. And sometimes just means them. And they might have heard someone belch. And it sounded like. sounded like they said something negative they belched you know and it's oh yeah I'm with him no I'm serious these are manipulative tools they're of the devil and they need to be rebuked they need you know we'd be a whole lot better off if we would uh, rebuke one another in love now I'm not saying that you should go around giving (laughs) citations to people I'm just saying in your casual relationships that you have closeness with because you really should never rebuke anybody that you do not have a relationship with. But I'm talking about relationship. When you see someone acting the fool and saying something stupid, you just need to say, listen, brother, sister, that's out of bounds. We don't do that. We just, oh, bless her heart. I'm going to pray for them. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help because you haven't instructed them because some people, see, here's the thing about spirits, and I'm going to close with this, all right? Here's the thing about spirits. You don't know you're doing it. They channel themselves through you, and you don't know half the time that you're saying the stupid stuff that you're saying. I mean, if you carried around a tape recorder with you all the time and you listened to the tape, you'd be surprised at what comes out of your mouth. You'd be absolutely surprised at the tone that you would say things. So most people don't understand that their tone says more than the words that they were saying. And so they can say something in a tone that conveys a totally different message than what was meant. But they won't ever know it because that's just the way they hear themselves differently inside themselves than you hear outside. And so you've got to realize that, that, that these spirits, they can come and and you're saying stuff you don't... Have you ever had something just come in your head and you just say it and you go, what in the, what in the world? Where did that come from? Well, guess what? It didn't just randomly come out. Hello? So, you know, we've got to take evaluation. How are we talking? How are we... Who are we listening to? What are the conversations that we're having? You know, this is important stuff. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to have some people up here that will pray with you. You need to be born again. You need to rededicate your life. You need baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to be healed. You need to be delivered. One-stop shop right here. You don't have to walk out the same way you came in. And so they're going to be here at the close. And so I'm going to close you out, and hopefully it's not raining outside. I don't hear any. And you'll be able to go dryly to your home. All right? Dryly. Dryly is another word that I made up just right there. Okay? I made it up because I'm smart. I graduated from Manford. All right. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.